kind of crazy stuff. Uh, we were reminded, though, this week that we meet in a building that can be destroyed, right? It's just a building, and, and it really, part of it was really destroyed. This is part of our copy machine. And it was in about, I don't know, 100 pieces probably. Um, but it's, it's just a thing, right? And uh, we told the people that it was a, a couple, and they felt terrible um, about what happened, and, and uh, the wife was really upset, and, and we just said, hey, you're okay. That, that's what's so important. And so we're, we're thankful that nobody was hurt, and uh, um, you know, we're reminded that the, the church is people, right? You know, God made this cool thing that we call the church, and it has nothing to do with, you know, wood and bricks and chairs and stuff like that. It's about being part of God's family, and so we're thankful for uh, our our church family here as we come back together. Um, You know, we're blessed in way too many ways to get discouraged about a car going through the front of our church, and uh, plus it it wasn't my office that got destroyed anyway, so... (laughs) I mean, really, what's the big deal? I mean, it's the other guys. <laughs> um, just to maybe give you a, a little update. So, uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of you guys uh, about what happened, but a car was coming uh, down for a road, coming towards the church, and, and uh, we're unfamiliar with the road, and just all of a sudden there was the curve. And uh, before they knew what to do, they... They were off the road, kind of ramped into the parking lot, started turning sideways. Uh, they think he probably hit the, the accelerator instead of his brake and, and just launched into the church. Uh, if you look in the front there, you know, it'd be really hard to do that without taking the column on that, that overhang there out. And so still, you know, amazed about that. But I uh, went through uh, the corner of the glass panel there, then into... Monica's office, then into Jordan's office, and then stopped at the, uh, started going through the, the sidewall of the church. So they were, they were going at a good clip, and, uh, uh, you know, they were in the, in the church. So I, I went outside to look and see, uh, actually I was going to put my dogs inside for the night, and I looked across and I said, there, there's, what's going on over there? It looked like there's some kind of commotion, and and so I told Holly I was going to go over there, and she's like, wait, don't go by yourself. And right then my neighbor called uh, across the street, uh, Jamie, who's also a minister, and, and he said, I think something's going on at your church. So, <laughs> so I said, well, hop in with me. So I pulled up and uh, drove up, and, and I looked, and it's like, what? There's a car in our church. <laughs> it's like you had to do a, a double take on that. And, and so they were actually climbing out the back hatch right when I got there, and, uh, and so we're so thankful they're okay. Um, we've been in a, in a series called A Season of Miracles uh, because, <laughs> yeah, right, that's what I'm saying. That, that I feel like we now have our miracle that, that, that nobody was hurt, really. I mean, that, when you saw the, how bad it was, uh, somebody should have been hurt in that. And so we're so thankful for that. Um, we're doing this series because as, as you look at the Christmas story, there were so many miracles surrounding the Christmas story, right? Like leading up to it immediately, even through history. Um, and, and so that, that's why we're doing this series. You know, I, I do feel like I have a, a tough act to follow today after our Christmas program last week. The kids did such a, a, an amazing job. 
and uh, so proud of them. And so you guys missed out if you weren't here. You missed it. Okay, they did a great job. Um, two weeks ago, we looked at the story of John the Baptist, and, and we talked about how John's main job was to, to let people know that the Messiah was coming. He prepared the way, and, and his birth was a miracle. And it started with an announcement to John's dad, Zechariah, by the angel Gabriel that he and his wife would be having a child, even though they were past childbearing age and were unable to have children. And, and so then Gabriel would have another announcement that is our, our focus today. This one's even bigger. He would be announcing to Mary that she's going to have a child, um, but not just any child, the Savior of the world. So um, I'm going to read our passage this morning. And, and as I read this, I want you to... Uh, try to kind of put yourself in, in Mary's shoes as, as she heard this, okay? You know, sometimes we just kind of like, oh, yes, read it through. You know, we've heard it a hundred times. Let's try to kind of look at it from Mary's perspective. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I think this is truly one of the most uh, incredible passages of Scripture. It's like you need to just kind of sit back and kind of soak in everything, especially if from Mary's perspective. Okay, this was a lot of stuff, a lot of information to take in. This is unprecedented stuff here. And so I want to take some time to kind of work through some different aspects of this amazing miracle this morning. First of all, let's take a look at the announcement. Okay, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that uh, there are only two different angels who are named in Scripture. And, and all four times that Gabriel is mentioned, they're related to the coming Messiah. So what a cool job to have as an angel, right? Uh, when God passed out the jobs, he said... Gabriel, you get to be in charge of, of announcing stuff related to the coming Messiah. Wouldn't that be cool? That, that's your job. And the other angels are like, oh man, how's Gabriel get to do that? That's not fair. It, but, but think about that. Okay, you, this is your job. And, and I think the way Gabriel addressed Mary when he first appeared to her says a whole lot about Mary. He said, greetings, you who are highly favored... The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. you know, remember, Mary would have 
probably been pretty young, maybe as young as 12 to 14 years old, but, but she stood out even at that young age. She was highly favored, and the Lord is with her. Two pretty awesome things to hear, I would think. And then Gabriel announces that, that Mary will, will be with child and will give birth to a son. And, and Mary understood right away that the angel was talking about a, a present thing, okay, not a future thing. Because, you know, she would go on to ask, how's that possible? Uh, because I'm a virgin. And so this is not an ordinary birth announcement by any means. This is an announcement that, that, that makes no sense from a human perspective. And that's where the miracle comes. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the miracle. Uh, the miracle itself is simple, right? It's simple to understand. God would make Mary pregnant. God would bypass the normal system of how a, a woman becomes pregnant. And this is the only time this has ever happened. Uh, it won't happen again. Um, but God used this, this special miracle, this amazing miracle, to begin the the earthly process of sending his son into the world. Now, believe it or not, there's, there's some professing Christians today who um, do not believe in, in anything supernatural or um, you know, miraculous in the Bible. Um, kind of like the Sadducees during the Bible. The Sadducees were religious leaders in, um, in Jesus' day. And... Uh, Pharisees were another group, and the Pharisees believed in the supernatural. The Sadducees did not. And, and it's kind of the same today. Some people um, believe they can kind of separate things out and say, well, nothing, you don't have to have these miraculous things. Um, but here's the thing. Supernatural events are just intricately woven into the gospel. Um, and, you know, things like the, his virgin birth, his, his signs and wonders, uh, his death, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension into heaven, um, his sending the Holy Spirit. And, and really, if you reject these things, you're, you're rejecting the core of the gospel. And, and so taking the supernatural element out of the Bible, it's like you're taking a, a thread out of a shirt and just you continue to pull. It just all unwinds uh, without that. And so um, yeah, you just can't do that. Okay, this was all amazing supernatural stuff. Um, and then in the bigger picture of leading up to, to Jesus with the virgin birth, that in Isaiah, it talked about this, was, this would be a sign. This is one of the ways you're going to know that this is the Messiah. In Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Okay, you see, God had this plan all along. He, he wasn't making this uh, as he went along. Okay, this, this was the plan. An ordinary birth would not have been a sign, according to prophecy. If Jesus' birth were just an ordinary natural event, how would that be a sign of anything? Um, but if the mother had conceived as a virgin and was still a virgin when she gave birth, that, then that would indeed be a sign, according to Scripture. And so the book of Matthew is clear that Mary was still a virgin uh, until she gave birth to Jesus. And so Mary's pregnancy is, is the incredible miracle okay, that we're focusing on today. And then let's look at the reaction. How did Mary respond to the angel? Well, I think Mary's first reaction to Gabriel's announcement uh, must have been fear. 
Okay, it, it was the same reaction that Zechariah had. It's the same reaction we would have. Kind of that deer in the headlights look. Like what? what? Kind of like when I drove up and saw the car and in, in the church. You know, you think, what in the world? Um, but Gabriel tried to comfort Mary by saying, "Do not be afraid. It's going to be okay." Now, keep in mind, it was not common at all for angels to appear to people in the Bible. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, that kind of stuff happened all the time. Um, before Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, it, ha- it hadn't happened that we know of for over 500 years in Scripture. And remember, you have that, that 400-year period of kind of silence that we don't have uh, a lot of record of what you know, God did during that time. Doesn't mean God wasn't working, but, and so we just don't know. But this, this was not a common experience. Okay, so, so Mary's first reaction was fear, and you can understand why. And also says she was troubled. Okay, and, and that would be a normal reaction when we don't understand something and, and our, our brain's trying to comprehend what was going on. It, it, it's a little scary. It was a little scary when I pulled up. And, and it's like, okay, what's going on? I don't, I don't get it. Um, so Mary... You know, she's processing, she's thinking, she's, she's troubled. Uh, another word for troubled here might be perplexed. She's trying to kind of sort this out in her mind. But then Gabriel gives the, this kind of list of things that this baby is, would be born to, or what this baby would do and would be. And, and he says, you know, you're to name him Jesus. He says he will be great. He says he will be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end, on and on. And all of these things would have just kind of made sense according to their history. Um, Realize that Most High was was simply a name for God. Okay, that was used in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament. So Gabriel was saying, you know, you're going to be giving birth to the Son of God, God Most High. And Gabriel was also linking the, the child to the, the history of, of Israel, to the earthly kingdom that had been established through Jacob, who was named Israel, and, and, and then through King David. But then these kingdoms were, were temporary. But he's saying, but this kingdom will be established and, and it will last forever. But I think in some ways this was kind of like a fire hose of information for Mary, right? Sometimes you get so much information that you can't, you can't even fathom what's going on. And, and so all she can think of to say is, well, how, how, is this, how can this be? You know, I, I'm a virgin. And, and, and so she's basically saying, I, I, I don't get it. And, and this isn't a reaction of questioning God. Or, or doubting God like Zechariah had done. And remember, he wasn't able to talk then until John, uh, until John was born because, because of Zechariah's doubt. But this is simply a reaction of, I, I don't get it. I need explained to me. And so she understood the whole kind of birds and bees thing. She knows how this worked, and this, this couldn't be. And so Gabriel explained further to her how this was going to happen. He said, Mary, you're going to get pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Okay, he's just saying this is, it's through God that this is going to happen. And this was not a, a sexual relation thing. This was a God thing. And, and, and that, was, that was enough for Mary. She accepted that explanation and said, 
I am the Lord's servant. Okay, may your word be fulfilled. That's Mary saying, okay, I'm, I'm here for you, Lord. I'm here for my Lord. And so she was, she was an amazing young lady. So let's talk about the people involved in the, in the miracle. Let's talk a little bit more about Mary, and then let's talk about Joseph. Um, let's start with Joseph. We aren't given any information about Joseph in this part of the story. Uh, we have to go over to the book of Matthew, and then we kind of are filled in on Joseph's part. So let's do that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1 and uh, read verses eight through, 18 through 25, and we'll, we'll get kind of Joseph involved here. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived is her, in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Okay, so Joseph, from a, uh, a practical standpoint, Joseph was from the earthly lineage of David, which was important because of, of Old Testament prophecy uh, uh, that the Messiah would come from the line of David. So he was a fulfillment of prophecy on the human side of things. Joseph was a carpenter. Okay, that was just his, his trade. Uh, Joseph would have been older than Mary. Uh, they were technically engaged at this point, but the way they did it in that society was that engagement was a, a legal and, and binding thing. A binding commitment. So apparently at some point, Joseph and Mary had a conversation uh, about what had happened. Because Joseph wasn't there when Gabriel talked to Mary. And we get the impression that Joseph tried to understand, right? But he, he just didn't get it. Um, just like Mary didn't get it at first either. And so he said, okay, we'll just end things quietly. I don't want a big stir through this. He didn't want to pursue legal actions. He didn't want to make her look bad. He didn't want to make a big fuss about it. But there was just, in his mind, there's no way that this story could be true, right? You're trying to believe somebody. You know, if you love somebody, you have a spouse, and they tell a story, you try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But, man, there's no way. That, that just doesn't happen. But then he has a dream. And an angel appears to him in the dream, and the angel's name is not given, so it uh, probably was not Gabriel. But Joseph woke up from this dream with the reassurance that, that Mary was faithful to him and that his wife did, in fact, get pregnant from the Holy Spirit. And, and the, you know, this is going to be an incredible child, okay? the son of the Most High. And so Joseph, in essence, would be the stepdad of the Son of God. And Joseph accepted that role. Okay, we're not given a whole lot of information about Joseph in Scripture. Uh, in fact, the last we hear about him is when Jesus was 
12 years old and they couldn't find him, remember? And then they went back finally and found him in the temple. Um, we assume that Joseph died at some point because uh, he wasn't around when Jesus died. And so that's Joseph. Um, how about Mary? Remember, like we said, Mary was, would have been young, um, but, but she stood out. And, and like I said, I think the way that Gabriel addressed Mary says a whole lot about her. Greetings, you who are, what did it, was it? Highly favored, right? Uh, the Lord is with you. And so highly favored, the Lord was with her. Um, but I think we get a sense of just how amazing Mary was from the song she wrote. Uh, while staying with her relative uh, Elizabeth, uh, who was pregnant with John at the time. And, and I'm not going to read it all, but listen to a few of the things Mary said in her song. Uh, the video at the beginning of the message had some of this in there. Uh, she said things like, my soul glorifies the Lord. My, my spirit rejoices in, in God my Savior. The, the mighty one has done great things for me. His mercy extends from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm and, and the descriptions go on and on and so you think about those descriptions uh mary you can see was was mature far beyond her age um this is a not a very good example but i was watching the show uh little big shots this week um anybody seen that where they have little kids that can do kind of amazing things and and they had kind of a special uh show uh christmas special where they brought back some of the kids who uh, sang on previous specials and you listen to them sing and it's like nine or ten or eleven year olds and and their voices they don't match them right they just have these huge adult voices that are just amazing and you're thinking how in the world is that sound coming out of that little kid and, and you know it doesn't seem to match i mary's maturity didn't match her age it was way above her age but i think you know that's one of the reasons god especially chose her Right? She, she was a special young lady. So that's a little bit about Mary and Joseph. But, but I also wanted to look at, at our response to all this. Let's bring it home a little bit. What, what should our response to be to the birth story? Um, let me just share a few things that I think would be appropriate. First of all, I think it's appropriate just to have wonder and awe. To just say, wow, God, you are amazing. You know, the way your son came into the world is amazing. Are you ever in wonder and awe of God? Do you ever just sit back and just say, wow? When you see a, a, a sunrise or a sunset, do you just say, wow? This morning, if you happen to be up when the sun came up, did anybody see the sunrise today? Oh, it was one of those, uh, well, I was driving over here, I'm like, wow, God. Yeah, it fits in perfect. Thanks for that. It goes with my sermon. Yeah. <laughs> just beautiful. I mean, do you ever just say, wow? Do you look at the stars in the sky and say, wow? Do you look at a new child and say, wow? Sometimes we just need to be in wonder and awe of God. That is a proper response. Another response would be to, say, to realize that God's timing is perfect. In human standards, it had been a really long time for Jesus to come into the world, the Messiah. Thousands of years. 
And, and we can't fully understand, you know, why it took so long. Why didn't God just do this a long time ago? Um, it's, it's probably beyond our understanding. But we can look back and see that everything, the way God did it, came together at the perfect time and in the perfect place and, and the, the right people. God's timing was perfect. And if God's timing was perfect for Jesus, we can also know that God's timing is perfect for us. Some of you are waiting on God right now. Guarantee it. And it's hard to understand. And you're thinking, why, God? I've been praying about this for so long and nothing's happening. I don't get it. And, and, and I wish I had a, a, a perfect answer for you. Well, it's just this and this. And it, sometimes we don't. And sometimes God never answers it, just like we, we hope that He will. But I, I've seen many times in, in my life where I can look back and see that God's timing was way better than my timing. And God's plan was way better than my plan. And I'm sure you guys can see that too. You can trust that God has a plan figured out. And he wants to use you as part of his plan. Realize that God's timing is perfect. And then realize that God can use anyone. And allow him to use you. Joseph and Mary were, were two normal human beings, okay? There wasn't anything miraculous about them. I mean, they, they were special, but they, they were people. But they were people that were willing to be used by God. God knew their hearts. And going back to Mary's response after she understood what the angel was talking about, remember what she said? She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, Lord, I am here to do anything you want me to do. I, I, I'm yours, Lord, even if that means carrying your son. What a difference it would make if all of us had that, that same kind of attitude. An attitude of saying, I, I am your servant, God. I'm, I'm here for you. I am the Lord's servant, and, and so I will do my job to the very best of my ability. I'm the Lord's servant, so I, I, I will make sacrifices for him, whatever that looks like. I'm the Lord's servant, so I will be a, a parent, the best parent I can be for him, or I will be the best husband. Or I will be the best wife. I'll be the best grandparent that I can be because I am here for you, Lord. I am the Lord's servant, so I will live my life for Him. I am your servant, God, so, so do with me as you wish. That's what Mary was saying. What if we daily responded to God like Mary responded? And then Joseph... He said, you know what, if, if you want me to be the, the earthly father of your son, I'll do it. And, and he would have had to know that, that he was going to face unbelief, right, from people that heard the story, and he's going to face ridicule and, and talking behind his back and, and rejection. Uh, maybe even people wouldn't use him to build stuff anymore because it's kind of a scandalous thing going on. But he said, it's okay, I'll take care of of Mary and I'll take care of Jesus. I'm here for you, God. You know, most of our lives 
don't turn out exactly how we planned them to be. Am I right? Yeah. We have kind of this direction. We think it's going to go. And almost all of us, it veers off this way, this way, this way. Um, and we could go around the room and every one of you could tell kind of that story of, of how your life wasn't exactly what you thought it would be. Um, and many times they're hard turns, right? They're very difficult things. And when I went to, to college, going into full-time ministry was, was really the furthest thing from my mind, to be honest. I, I, that wasn't even on my radar screen, but, but God just kept working on my heart and working and working. And, and uh, I would say I never had full peace in my life until I totally surrendered to God and said, you know what? I am your servant, God. Do with me as you wish. And that ended up leading down the, the path to ministry. Okay, that was my path. That, that, that's not your path. You know, all of us, ha- I think, have to get to that point. And, and most of you have of saying, okay, I, I don't quite understand this direction you're leading me, God, but I'm willing to go there. Whatever you want me to do. I will do. And God can do a whole lot with us when we simply say, okay, here I am, God. Use me. You just take the wheel. You guide me. You take me where you want to take me. So in this season of miracles, I would challenge you this morning to do as Joseph and Mary did, to surrender your life and surrender your will to God and say, I I'm your servant, God. Use me. I'm yours. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the the amazing way that you brought your son into the world. And we look at that, how that plan came together and nobody would have picked that same plan. But we know that it was perfect. And we thank you for that. And Lord, in our own lives, we, a lot of times things go a different direction than we thought they would go, and we don't understand it sometimes. But Lord, I pray that through those times and through every day of our lives, that we're just every one of us willing to say, God, I am yours. I'm here for you. Use me. Use me. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.